Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very... Word of God. If you're just joining us and missed the last broadcast, then you don't know, but we have started a new study in Second Peter, and this will be broadcast or study number two in the first chapter of Second Peter. We began last broadcast, and we'll be going verse by verse through this book as we have most of the New Testament up to this point. Now, you're saying, oh, I didn't know you were doing that. I- I've missed I, uh, I I wasn't there for, uh, maybe you say I wasn't there for uh, Galatians or Philippians. I missed some of these. Here's what you do. Wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. So type in Striving for Revival wherever you get your podcast, and then you can subscribe, and all of these studies are archived via podcast, and you can listen at your leisure. That way, if you've missed things, you can go back and re-listen. You can listen for the first time. You can take notes, and we can stay up to date as we study our Bible together. Now, I don't know if you have a Bible study plan or not. You 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 probably do, and if not, then I'll, I'll ask you to get one. It'd be a good thing. You ought to read your Bible every day, and sometimes having a plan keeps you on point with that. But if you don't have one, maybe you can make this your Bible reading, and I can't promise you we'll get through it very quickly because last broadcast we didn't get through the first verse. We just stayed in verse 1, and today, and today I think we're just going to get down through verse number 4 or so, but uh, <coughs> excuse me, we will go through this Bible together, and we just look at it and take it as it says and just explain it and apply it to our lives. So if you'd like to do that, please find us where you get your podcast and subscribe to Striving for Revival. Let's take our Bible now and go to Second. Peter, and we'll look in chapter number one. Now, I mentioned last broadcast, Second Peter was written approximately six years after the book of First Peter, and it was written around A.D. 66, we think. That's what the Bible historians and commentators tell us that uh, uh, is, is uh, I guess, relevant to an extent, but really irrelevant. We know it's the Word of God, and whenever it was written is good enough for me. I believe it by faith. It's God's Word. But Peter wrote it, and the theme is different from First Peter. In the theme of First Peter, the theme is largely sufferings in the church and sufferings in the Christian life, whereas in Second Peter you find the theme is coming apostasy and the consummation of the age. This uh, world is going to, uh, uh, as we know it, going to end. One of these days there'll be a rapture, after that there'll be a tribulation, then there's going to be a millennial kingdom, then there'll be a final battle, then there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. All of these things are going to take place. And Peter's preparing the heart of the Christian for days like that. And as that time draweth closer, apostasy is going to become more and more abundant. You'll see it on all hands. And by the way, would you not agree with me that that's very evident, very obvious, very rampant, in our generation, apostasy. Apostasy is leaving the faith. Now, apostasy is turning from God, and we see that on all sides. We see people that were plugged into good Bible-believing churches. They're apostate. 
They've left. They've changed. They've uh, uh, recanted, if you will. They've uh, totally forsaken everything they used to say they believed. And that's a scary thing to think somebody might have had uh, a, a Bible-believing head and never had a Bible-believing heart. So easy to throw out what was supposed to be their convictions. But apostasy is just part of the last day's trend. It shouldn't surprise us, though it does sadden us. It shouldn't shock us, though it does upset us. And we don't want to see anybody go wrong. We sure don't want to see churches weakened. And we sure don't need any more voices out there in the world that are slandering the work of God. And by the way, those people who used to be in church and so-called used to be Christians, those people who used to sing in the choir and teach Sunday school and love the preacher, that back, you get back out, they get out, I was going to say backslide, but who knows if they're saved or not, but they apostatize, they get out. They're usually far more vicious than those that never been in church, sit on the bar stool, in the jail cell, living down the street in some kind of open sin. They're not even half the problem that these supposed Christian people who are out of the will of God and find themselves loving the world have become to the church. So we need to pray about this thing, but it's just part of it. It's just what's going to happen. So let's read together. Verse number one, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great, this is a great verse, and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." Peter opens up the epistle declaring his position. He's a servant and he's an apostle. First off, servant. Secondly, an apostle. He's a eyewitness of the resurrected Savior, but he never got too big for his britches, as they say. He understood he was just a slave to Jesus. Jesus was Lord and he was the servant. Jesus is master and he's the bondman. He's just a servant following the Lord and he was happy to be that. He says, our faith is precious and here's why. It came by the righteousness of God. When Jesus shed his blood on Calvary and we put our faith in Christ, that righteousness was imputed to our account. And thank God what precious faith it is. And I'm glad Jesus isn't just a man, but right here, Peter said, he's God and our Savior. Jesus Christ. Sorry, Jehovah Witness. Sorry, my uh, Muslim friend. Jesus is more than a prophet, a preacher, a nice man. He is God. That's exactly who he is. In verse number two, we find a salutation, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. He's saying, give you manifold grace and manifold peace, uh, grace upon grace and peace upon peace, just an abundance, an ocean, a sea of grace, a sea of peace. Give it to you. Whatever you stand in need of, he said, give it to you. And here's how you get it, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, that word knowledge is more than just an acquaintance. We're talking about precise and accurate knowledge. Our world today is filled with people who know or have a knowledge of the Lord, but they don't have a precise knowledge, and they surely don't have an accurate knowledge. They have a fuzzy knowledge. They have a, well, here's what I think kind of a knowledge. Where do you get knowledge about the Lord? You don't get knowledge about the Lord 
anywhere other than the Bible. Not from your experience, not from your dream, not from what somebody says, but in the Bible. If you want to know more about your Jesus, you learn more about your Jesus by studying his word. If you want to know more about me, then let me tell you. Don't talk to others. Don't get uh, some others write up on my life. They might have some information, but they won't have perfect knowledge of me or who I am or what I'm about, you go to the source if you want to understand, if you want to comprehend, if you want to know. The same thing is so true about the Lord. If you want to have knowledge of the Lord, which produces manifold grace and manifold peace, then you get it from your Bible. Why is it that people are so fickle? They're so frail. uh, They're so fleeting. Why is it they don't have any peace? They're so frantic because they don't have a full knowledge of the Lord. They don't have a good grip on who God God is, and they don't experience that multiplied grace and peace. I want to challenge you. You need to study your Bible, because when you study your Bible, you're studying your Savior. When you're studying your Bible, you're learning your God. And the more you learn about God, and the more you study the Savior, the more His grace and the more His peace will be manifested in your life. Say amen right there. Verse number 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So here it is, that knowledge of him again, that knowledge of him. It's so important. We need that knowledge of him, that precise and accurate knowledge, a knowledge of the word of God. Why? So that we can understand what he's given us to navigate life, how to be godly, so that our life can bring glory to his name and be a virtuous testimony to a lost and dying world. All of this hinges on knowing the Bible. That's why he said, search the scripture. He said, they speak of me. That's why Timothy's told to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The more you know your Bible, the more you know your God. The more you know your God, the more peace you'll have in your heart. The more you know your God, the more you'll be able to live godly. The more you know your God, the more you'll know how to walk in life. And the more that you do those things, live a godly life, then you'll be able to exude glory to his name and virtuous uh, life or living or testimony to a lost and dying world. Christian, you can't be much of a Christian without your Bible. You won't grow in grace without your Bible. You won't become like your Savior without your Bible. Day by day, it's applying the truth of the Word of God that puts more Jesus in my life, more Justin out, and I grow in grace and knowledge by studying my Bible. Well, I want to challenge you. Go study your Bible today. Make sure you spend time in it so that you can please the Lord. Get that knowledge of God and who He is. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.